Hey everyone, we're the Book Mix Society. I'm Alondra. I'm Shay. I'm Amal. And I'm Virginia. And this is the Mom Book Club. Who would have thought we'd make it to episode three? I'm part of us and of you for tuning in. We appreciate you a whole lot. In this episode, we're going to discuss Colleen Hoover's latest release, Reminders of Him, which tells the story of Kenna Rowan. It has been five years since Kenna went to prison, and she's recently been released. This is a story of how she attempts to fight her, right her wrongs after being responsible for the death of her first love, Scotty Landry. How is she going to try and get Scotty's parents forgiveness and convince, convince them to let her see their, her daughter, Dion? And how does Leggy Ward, Scotty's best friend, fit into it all? Join us as we discuss it all. But before we dive in, fair warning that there are going to be major spoilers for reminders of him. So if you haven't read the book, Please pause the pod, go read, and then come on back for another episode of the Non-Book Club. Also, this episode contains talks of the following things. Trigger warnings, grief, driving while drunk, car accident, child loss, and more. Check out our description for a full list of triggers. Now, let's dive into this heartbreaking story. Let's kick it off by asking what everyone's overall ratings and thoughts on the book were. Do you want to go ahead and start, Virginia? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I love that book. I gave it a five stars. It was my first Colleen Hoover book, so that really sets the tone for her next for her work that I'm planning to read next. But yeah, very. I I spent most of it crying. So <laughs> same. I also gave it a five star because crying does that for me. Um, but this was, I think, my sixth Colleen Hoover book, so. I already knew I was going to cry going into it, and I was super happy <laughs> that I did, uh, as sad as that sounds, but I really enjoyed it. I'm really excited for the rest of her books that I'm going to go through soon. This was my 10th or 11th Colleen Hoover book. Um, she is by far one of my favorite authors. I definitely rated it five stars because of how hard it made me cry, um, but also I think that her characterization for these characters was really well done um, compared to a lot of her other books that I've read. So I don't know that any future or past Colin Huber book could top this for me. Oh, I know no one saw this coming, but I also gave it five out of five stars. (laughs) Um, uh, This is probably like my seventh or eighth Colin Huber book. It's by far one of my favorites. I love a lot of Colleen's characters, but there's a special place for like Kenna in my heart just because of what she's been through and how strong she is yeah. and how willing she is to fight for everything. Uh, she's definitely like my top five favorite Coho characters. So what I'm getting is that it's normal to cry during Colleen's Hoover's books? I yes. don't. Oh, yeah. I think you can go in expecting to cry. You might not always cry, but it's a good expectation to have so then you're not... Yeah surprised by the emotion that you will yeah. read in I there. I think I've only not cried in Verity because I was so shocked No, all their emotions were like working. And <laughs> Layla. See, yeah, I cry for various reasons. Like, when I say I cried a book, it's it could be for a number of things, like whether it's a happy cry, a sad cry, an angry cry. I did it all in this book, for sure. Um, <laughs> but there were some Colleen Hoover books where I cried more mad tears than sad ones. Like with Verity, I was mad at a lot of the things that happened. So I was crying for that reason. But this kind of like got me on all ends. I was crying for every reason you could think of. (laughs) 
But yeah, for sure, if we go, like, again, it's my, it's the only book from Colleen Hoover that I have read. So if I go from this, I can see that she's really good at uh, exploring the emotions of different characters and having you, like, one minute be mad at something. And then you're, like, understanding. And Mm -hmm. it's it's a whirlwind of emotions, for sure. So yeah, she did a really good job with that. I, I liked how I would go from being mad at Scotty's parents to also understanding them but also wanting to stay mad (laughs) yeah that's one of the main reasons sorry go ahead (laughs) i was just gonna say that one of the main reasons why colleen hoover is my favorite author is because i with her characters get to practice empathy um because she in a lot of her books writes very like unlikable or toxic characters sometimes um and i especially struggled with that with scotty's parents um I think more so than I had with any of her characters and having to go back and read certain parts to like remind myself of what they'd been through was probably the hardest exercise I've had to do while reading one of her books. Yeah, I agree. I think that this book really makes you think about forgiveness and how easy it is to give it versus how difficult it is to give it and who's in the right and who's in the wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, The situation definitely taught me that there's, not a right and a wrong people just need to process things up in their own way um, yeah i guess a good segue is to talk about what we all thought about uh scotty's parents i know one of the major chapters in this book is chapter 11 where kenna says imagine that you are grace who is uh scotty's mother and you just lost your child and it's because of the girl who was too loud and whatever and things of that sort so what did you guys think about um Scotty's parents, Grace and Patrick. I was one of like I know not all of us were mad at them, but I was, um, especially like because I I get that we all grieve differently, like and Colleen did a really good job explaining that that all of them were going through grief in different manners. But the thing is, how I couldn't justify them being mad at Kenna from for taking their kid away when they were doing the same thing to Kenna. And it for for that reason, to me, like, even though I think if I was in their place, I would have probably reacted the same way. A part of me was mad at them because I felt like they were punishing her and that I, I just thought it was unhealthy. And again, not my place to judge, but I was like, it's not fair because Kenna is going through it alone. And Colleen did a really good job of making sure that we all knew that Kenna was alone in her grief, that she wasn't even considering her grief because she was so focused on all the pain she caused because she was so focused on putting herself in other people's place. So at that point, I felt like my anger was like no one else was angry on Kenna's behalf. So I needed to be angry at them. Yeah, so that was I think position. I was, I think I was more frustrated would probably be a better word for me because while I did empathize with the fact that they lost Scotty in such a horrific and fast way, they had no proper time to you know say their goodbyes or you know get any last moments with him or anything like that. Um, so I tried to empathize with them in that way, and I was just more frustrated that they couldn't then turn that around on Kenna and kind of see that she went through the same thing somewhat. So I was just more frustrated with them than anything. I think, um, I don't think I ever was mad at them. Um, 
I was probably the only one who wasn't mad at them <laughs> in our group, but I, I just, I don't know if it's because, I don't know, I've never like lost anyone, but I just have witnessed other people losing their loved ones. So it was easier for me to empathize with them right away. And then chapter 11 just really like cemented that empathy for them. And it was hard at some points, but overall, I was not mad at the parents. And I know that's also like kind of not dumb, but a naive way to look at it because we're in Kenna's head and we see everything that she's gone through. So it's, I don't know. I just understood so where you're you coming from. Amala is more empathic than I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting from all of this. I, I, I don't know. It's just like I was reading it and I went into it knowing like the plot of it. Obviously everyone did, but it was, and then chapter 11 just really made it easy for me to empathize because it was clear that even Kenna was empathizing with them and what they went through. Yeah. But like Virginia said, like she was ignoring her own grief to make other people's lives easier. But see, that's what made me mad at them because it was so easy to empathize with them and no one was empathizing with her. So like, again, I think that's my not petty side, but when I like a character, I will be the first to admit that I get a, um, I have a huge bias. So if I feel that anyone is hurting them, I will be mad at them, right or wrong. Yeah. I will be mad at them. So that's I wasn't, I wasn't mad at them until the restraining order. Um, I understood where they were coming from in the chapter eleven really made me understand them a little bit better. Um, and there's also a chapter when Patrick is talking to Ledger and he says, you know, we just can't do it. Grace isn't strong enough to see Kenna every day, to see Kenna interact with uh, DM like we just can't do it and it made me think like they would have been sacrificing their own mental stability and the stability of the home that they created for DM for Kenna so I was like okay I understand um, and I was also but then on the flip side of the coin it was are they being selfish to keep DM from seeing her mother because DM was beginning to ask questions and you know we all know they came the story of how Kenna couldn't see DM because she didn't have a big enough car Diem was getting to an age where she was asking questions um, and was it selfish of them to keep Kenna away for their own, you know, emotions than for what Diem needed. And it also, um, yeah. Um, just going back to the restraining order, um, I, I feel dumb for not being mad at them, but I wasn't mad at them for that either. <laughs> But that's because, but that's because I saw it as with their. I know we never see their perspective, but I imagined it in their perspective: a woman that they don't know coming and banging on their door and yelling for DM, a woman they don't know, yeah, running at them at the grocery store, and as far as they know, a woman that left their son to die. So, for me, it was like it's it was tough but it was also understandable why they would do it i was kind of more mad about ledger not doing anything about it at that point than the parents actually doing the uh, yeah order i think ledger had a lot of leverage about how he could have conducted um uh, kenna being in this uh town again and he just chose not to because he thought he was doing the best thing and by staying out of it 
or of just for the grandparents point of view but not with kenna like he in, not inserted himself but like he was there for kenna instead of trying to make it like a, a solution like resolve the problem that was occurring yeah but it can be argued also that the way he acted as if she was like this huge shameful secret actually fed into the self-hatred that Kenna had about herself like I don't yeah. think it, that was his intention at all mm -hmm. but the fact that everyone keep tiptoeing about her, the fact that she just exists in the town was like this big bad thing just added to the fact that how isolated she felt how um she didn't have the right to mourn because she, as far as she was concerned and everyone else she was at fault for the bad things that happened and like it was a tragic accident like when you get to that chapter like because i i'll be honest like at some point i was i was wondering when we were gonna get the pov of the accident if it was gonna be something like we were lied to and Kenna wasn't the one driving, it was Scotty or something like that. And like, she took the fall for something. I, I was wondering if it was gonna be a twist, but I actually liked that. Well, there was not really a twist, but the, like, the, the circumstances of the accident kind of make it more tragic. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that, you know, a, a lot of Colleen Hoover's books do have these twists where it's like, this, is, this entire story has kind of been building up to something. Um, but this one did it and I think it was perfect the way it was. Uh, without that twist, I think it, the story was, it was perfect. There wasn't a need for a twist. It was just amazing the way that it was. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, the biggest twist about the, it's not a twist, but the it's fact that, no, it, yeah, it's the reveal when she, she says she looked for a pulse and she couldn't find it. But the whole thing is that his arm was dead and that's why she, she couldn't find the pulse but he was alive because basically the arm she she took the pulse was, yeah, yeah. so down. yeah so she, there was no no blood flow so when you realize that you're like she did everything she could and it, and even, it, was, it was a matter yeah, of circumstances she did everything she could she even went to try and find help it was just her injuries was, were also too much for yeah anything to be she did what she could in the mental capacity she had in yeah. that moment. Yeah. Which made it even sadder, though. So Yeah. Because she tried so hard to... While we're on the topic of the car accident, um, my next question is, what do you all wish we had seen or that you, you know, would like to know more about? And I know, Amal, you had said something if you want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the part of me that just loves heartbreak really wanted a chapter in scotty's point of view of the accident when he wakes up and kenna's not there because i would have because i know kenna wonders if um like how scotty died and why he was outside of the car because he was found outside so i would have it's as heartbreaking as it would have been i would have loved to known if he was looking for her if he thought that she had left him if he thought that she was just going to get help or if the accident was so bad that she was thrown out and he was trying to find her in the chaos but as sad as it would have been i would have loved a chapter in his point of view kind of like how in ugly love you get a chapter in uh, rachel's point of view and then you kind of see her grief and everything so and i know rachel's still alive but i feel like 
Spoiler warning for ugly love. <laughs> but yeah, I would not I, have survived a chapter like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know yeah, you I would have still have read it. You wanted to word that shit. <laughs> um, I mean, I would have. I, <laughs> something that I wish we, not necessarily in this book, but I'm hoping, you know, Koho keeps it in her potential, right? Um, more about Ivy, who is Kenna's friend from prison, who first saw Kenna when she was lactating and was like, you can either let this destroy you or you can become stronger by it. Um, I want to know more about her. I want to know if she had a baby and that's why she, you know, was so empathetic with. Kenna, um, I wonder if she's still in prison. I have a lot of questions about her. Um, so I, I hope that, you know, in the future we learn more about her. Yeah, like she can be a side mm-hmm. character in another book, kind of like, yeah. and bringing it back to Ugly, Ugly Love, Love, where the November brother 9th. is like the brother of November 9th. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. it been, it's nice to not have like a series, but sometimes when small connections. Yeah, small connections. Yeah. Just so you can you're still kind of in the same universe. I still would have liked to see a bit of uh, Kenna's prison time. I think it would have been a nice, because it's five years, like that's a huge part. Mm -hmm. And she was young when she went to prison. So, and with the emotional turmoil she had and everything, um, especially when you take into consideration that she didn't want to live when she went to prison until she found out she was pregnant. And then they, like they took her parental rights away. I'm like, we know that Ivy is a huge part of what uh, her keep going on. So I would have liked to know a bit more about that whole thing. I like, think, I think I would have liked someone fighting for Kenna. Um, besides Ledger, I and I know that in some media depictions, like parole officers or corrections officers or just anybody in that system is not always portrayed in a good light. Um, But I think it would have been very interesting to see somebody helping her legally get back rights to DM or kind of just going through the legal process of maybe gaining some visitation. Um, Because at that point she was kind of on her own and she didn't really know what to do. Um, and I mean, to be honest, I feel like the system does favor mothers some, um, it would have given her the opportunity to, in a hearing about maybe getting visitation, eventually tell her side, or I don't know. I just, from a legal standpoint, I would have liked to see her maybe explore that avenue and maybe have a lawyer or a parole officer or somebody within child protective services kind of on her side. And just like, you know, she is doing the best she can and doing a lot more than most people when it comes to getting their child children back. So I just thought that would have been something to explore. It would have added a layer to it for sure, because there's yeah. like the emotional side of it, but then like the legal struggles, because it, it's one thing, the parents being like, we're not ready our mental health, but mm-hmm. if there's a legal component to it, the legalities won't care about your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that just would have been, something else to kind of prove that like you know legally she is doing all these things she's got a job she's got her own apartment she's you know helping taking care of her uh cat that she got from her landlord um like she's doing all of these little steps and 
to proving that she is capable of taking care of her kid. Um, and so it would have been nice to kind of like had a light shine on that in a legal perspective, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. But I think the How book you... would have been huge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So we had everything that we wanted. But know. you know we would have all ate it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have ate up 700 pages of this. No problem. Yeah. Um, my next question is, do you guys think that Ledger had a right to give Kenna's letter to the Landry's? After everything went down and the Landry's found out that, you know, Kenna and Ledger were together, um, and Ledger gives them the letter so that they can kind of see her perspective, do you guys think he had that right? No. I no, I get his his yeah. intent in doing it, but like ethically, did he like did he have any right to share to share that? Definitely not. Um, He's I just think, lucky it turned out okay. Yeah, and, yeah, and he doesn't even like try and convince Kenna to do it. There was no back and forth. It was just like okay, the letter's going to them, no questions asked. There wasn't and he even. Also... A, yeah. doesn't even try to convince the Landry's otherwise without the letter. He doesn't make any sort of move to be like, you know, she's doing all these things or whatever. He just hands them the letter and like, that's it. When he didn't even make any effort previously. Yeah. So. And like, I get it. It was, it's, it's a story. It's, yeah. It's the way it was going to go. And obviously they wouldn't have known everything had they not read the letter. Because I think even if um, Kenna had talked to them, she wouldn't have told them everything but I just it's like Ledger was on her side but like not fully on her side because it felt like to me that he didn't believe in her enough to uh convincingly like uh words uh, <laughs> like try and fix this the situation with the Landry to advocate for her yeah advocate that's the word <laughs> but uh it's like all he was like oh Here's a letter that let that do what I should have been doing from the beginning. At least after he, after she read him the letter, at the very least, he could have started doing anything after that point, but he doesn't. Um, kind of going off of Maul's point where she's talking about um, the fact that Ledger doesn't really have this faith in Kenna to prove otherwise without the letter. Um, do you think that from Kenna's perspective, after everything had kind of worked out but the fact that ledger still gave them the letter do you think that broke her trust in him at all or if that would be a point of conflict between them afterwards i don't think so because it got her daughter back so yeah. i think i think for kenna there was like there was nothing that you could do to make her not trust you because for her she had done such an un uh, forgivable like act that in for at least for me how i saw it is that she didn't see anything that anyone had done to her as like a bad thing he she would just like it would roll off of her because she had no right to judge someone when she had done something so terrible and plus giving a letter to the landry's resulted in her having her daughter back in her life so i think it was like a cross to bear yeah, yeah i think because it worked out it was it was okay had it not worked out um i think there there would have been you know more I don't know. Had it not worked out, she would have moved away. Like, that was her intent. So I think that maybe it would have broken her trust, but it almost wouldn't have mattered because she had this other thing that was bigger, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if the letter had been given to the Landry's, like, in the middle of the book, it mm -hmm. would have been a different thing. But because it was at the end of the book and 
um, like they had already cemented this um, relationship, like Kenna and Ledger, that it didn't matter. Uh, but I, I think it's only because the letter was given at the end. I think if the letter was given in the middle, it'd be a different story. I think yeah. it's because she looked at his intent and not at the action. His mm -hmm. intent was to help her. So that's what she, I think, because I think if, if we're looking at storyline, if there would have, it would have happened in like in the middle of the book, we were, we would have looked at the impact of the behavior more than the intent at that point. We, yeah. we have a visitor. <laughs> yeah, for our just... listeners my nephew noah just decided to open my door and pop in what do you have anything to say yeah, now he's not... quiet but now he's <laughs> here, so... now he doesn't <laughs> but he hasn't read the book he's a loser oh. <laughs> he, also, he also can't read but <laughs> <laughs> but if you guys hear some babbling in the back that's my nephew <laughs> But yeah. Yep. Any more thoughts about the letter? Um, I just I liked that when uh Kenna first read the letter to Ledger that he was mad about it, like he was mad on her behalf because I think that was the first time someone had had been angry for her. Um, she never really had anyone besides Scotty, and I think even then Scotty was more of like a passive person. Um, you know, I think he was a good person, but he just had a good life so he didn't you know really have to fight for that much um so i like that ledger was mad when he first read the letter i agree i don't think it was his right to share it um the letters were written to scotty and i think if kenna was ever going to share them that would have been for her to do mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i also wanted to ask what you guys thought about the ending so in the ending um, Ledger and Kenna get together and Ledger and they have a baby and they name him Scotty. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? I don't know how I feel about it personally. Um, I think that might be a little bit too much pressure on a toddler. <laughs> but yeah. what are your thoughts? I I honestly think it depends on how um, you approach a situation. But I think if it, the fact that we saw the whole grieving process for all characters, I think they might have a healthy approach of maybe just honoring Scotty instead of hoping he like is Scotty the second coming. So <laughs> I, I I think that's that's my point of view. But again, it it really depends. But I think it because we saw the grieving process of all the family members. I am okay with it. I think that had the naming like the name reveal been in ledger's point of view i would have expect accepted it a lot more than it being in yeah because for me kenna naming her son scotty is her naming scotty after her ex mm. but ledger naming his son scotty is him naming him after his brother so or just even a mention that ledger had picked the name yeah i think that would have gone a long way for me and i think all of yeah. i think i speak for all of us when i say that but um i just i i get that it was her chapter was the last chapter totally i get that i just think the name real could have been maybe placed somewhere else with uh ledger saying but, it or ledger yeah. being there or something well and even right before it's revealed that you know she says hi scotty um she talks about how important 
naming things is for her and you kind of know that with dm Mm. and then the cat and so it just it seems a little bit odd when naming things is so important that she's naming her son after her ex-boyfriend um especially when you know they already had a daughter together and she you know had that so i think just taking that part out of it and maybe mentioning that ledger was the one to come up with a name would have been a little bit better for me i didn't see things like that <laughs> yeah i i was actually thinking i know that the letters to scott or to scotty were kenna's thing but how like full circle would have been if ledger had written the letter to scott yeah and then in that letter mentioned that he named yeah. his, his son after his brother essentially like, or even been nice or even like maybe they were visiting Scotty's grave yeah. and he's talking to Scotty at his grave. Like we, I named my son after you because of how you, how important you were yeah. to me or just something along those lines. I would have probably taken a little bit better than yeah, the fact that just, Kenna. Yeah. It feels a lot of like expectations. To, I mean, I know they don't expect him to be like Virginia said, like yeah, Scotty reincarnated, but it's also a lot of expectations to put on a child who has this um namesake person who essentially the people have like put on this pedestal and Mm -hmm. he's done nothing wrong to them because you know he's dead so yeah it's just i feel like really hard i think honestly my worry would be scotty's parents because they're still very much in kenna and ledger's lives or like how diem would feel growing up knowing that her brother is named after her dad that's also Well, I I don't think that's weird because my brother is named after my dad. Yeah, but, <laughs> but your, your dad's dad not alive. Dead. <laughs> yeah. And your dad didn't like the hard like Liam's dad died in like a pretty terrible way. So yeah. to grow up with her brother being named that, I just and think her, would be hard. And her brother's dad isn't Scotty. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Like so yeah. There's, that there's way. A difference there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish that it had been like something a little bit different from scotty like or a middle I, name I can, yeah a middle name or maybe like i can't yeah. think of any other scott names but like i thought scout. maybe at least scott. i always think scout is such a pretty name and i yeah yeah that would have been nice but it still would have been you know this very close to it yeah like it was for scotty but it's letting this kid be his own person and i don't know i think just growing up knowing that you were named after this super important person be a lot of pressure even with everyone telling you like it yeah. isn't I'd be like oh, i don't want to be the bad scotty you know yeah I know, that, I know this is like so not the point but i hope scotty is a nickname because can you imagine like being like i, I don't know i think it's I think, scotty i think that's his name because <laughs> like, it's not I, scott and then they call him scotty i think his name is scotty yeah, I, I just why feels I, weird. It, it feels like I don't. I don't think I could take someone seriously in a work setting. Be like, Scotty. you learn that Colleen has weird, name. not weird, weird names, names, but like different names for her characters. Like, which I'm pretty sure Verity is a name, right? It's a character. Yeah, yeah. So like, and Lowen, yeah. and then um, even Merritt. Merritt, yeah. So um, they're well, all very different names. So okay. Ledger's dad's name is Benji. And I guess Aww. it's not that weird, but it's like oh that's Benji. Also naughty. Yeah. Or like <laughs> Ledger too. I, I'm wondering whether like that was because of um uh, yeah. Heath Ledger, you <laughs> oh. know, or 
like if, I'm just wondering if his parents themed him after Heath Ledger. But uh, I also really liked one of my favorite characters in the book is Lady Diana, aka Lucy. Um, and I really like that one line where she calls him Le Jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah, and in my head, that's the reason why Colleen named him that because she first thought about Le Jerk and was like, it has to be this. It doesn't, nothing else fits. That's my uh, favorite line in the book. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> well, talking about that, what are your favorite quotes? Um, I can go first. My favorite quote is, not that I've forgiven myself, the reminders of him um, don't hurt as much <laughs> me butchering the quote, but you guys know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love um, it when they add the book's name in the Yes, in the I love when the last line is the book's name. It's just very full circle to me. That's the mm-hmm. same thing in It Ends With Us. Um, that was one of my favorite lines. What about you all? I wasn't kidding when I say it was a jerk. Of course, the two Virgos have the same favorite quote. (laughs) Same brain cell. (laughs) Um, Mine was, sometimes things seem good and perfect in the moment, but when you get hours of reflection afterward, the perfection can morph into something else. Um, And I really like that just because it kind of applies to a lot of different things um, and not just within the story itself. But um, I'm really big on getting the big and full picture of things um, before kind of forming this perspective or this idea or opinion. Um, So I really like that. That resonated a lot with me. Uh, Mine, I mean, I have a few, but this one um, kind of stuck out. It says, grudges are heavy, but for the people hurting the most, I suppose, forgiveness is even heavier. Yeah. Which kind of, I feel yeah. like, sets the tone for everything. Yeah, for also, the book, yeah. yeah. It's all about forgiveness and grieving. Yeah. And and basically... And like understanding. How they didn't, weren't... Because if you look at it, the... Um, uh, what's the word? Because I'm going to... I was going to say it in French, but that's... that No one will say it understand in French. me. Say it in French. Because I, I, I can't remember what the expression would be in English. I was going to say la morale de l'histoire. Which is... Oui, I don't oui. know. Yes, we we exactly. <laughs> I, I agree. I was just gonna say <laughs> that it's the, it's the grieving and forgiven because if you look at it, none of them were in a healthy place because they were so stuck in the pain of the past instead of like the forgiveness that would allow them to heal. And it's not until they all came together for the healing that they were able to kind of move on in a healthier way. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Let's toward the front. <laughs> no offense to our French listeners. <laughs> um, I also one of this. I'll stop after this because I could go on about my favorite quotes. But um, in chapter thirty-two, it's we're all a bunch of sad people doing what we have to do to make it until tomorrow. Oh, it just yeah. reminded me of that uh, meme going around that's like, "Is this fucking play about us? <laughs> Is this fucking book about us?" Um, yeah. Does anyone else I have, have one. Any I have yeah. one that's kind of sad, um, and it's fairly early on at the end of chapter three. But it's as soon as he gives his attention to someone at the other end of the bar, I take a drink of my coffee and close my eyes and cry because life can be so fucking cruel and hard, and I've wanted to quit living it so many times. But then the moments like these remind me that happiness isn't some permanent thing we're all trying to achieve in life. It's merely a thing that shows up every now and then, sometimes in tiny doses that are just substantial enough to keep us going. Yeah, that, and that is depression, sense. my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 
Yeah. All right. To, to end the book on a positive note, I wanted to ask, <laughs> do you guys have pigeons where you're from? Because oh my gosh, like I haven't like... told you guys, um, just not this weekend, but last weekend, I went uh, with some friends to Vancouver, Washington, and I it happened so fast and it just shocked me that I didn't get a picture, but we were driving past a parking lot that seriously had about 20 to 30 pigeons just sitting down. And it was the craziest thing. And I really wish that we weren't going driving so fast so that I could have taken a picture. But it, I just like, it blew my mind. Is that not normal? No. <laughs> so in the book, in the book, um, Scotty and like just say, is that a fucking pigeon? Whenever they see something like, you know, a Crazy little bit random. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, so when we had discussed this before, we had also like, do you, do you not all see pigeons everywhere? Because I see pigeons everywhere. So it's not outrageous to me to see a pigeon. Like, I don't know, it'd be weirder for me. It'd be, I, for me, it would be like, is that a fucking swan or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is but, that a unicorn? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I live in a pepper. valley. We don't have them here normally. I have pigeons mm. everywhere here. I have always i always have to like uh, honk at the pigeons that are in the middle of the street and won't let me drive because i'm afraid i will run them over and they're so used to the city that they stay there so they stress me out at all i know they they stress me out so i was like how how are pigeons not a normal thing like i even see um the goose in the park uh what are the canadian goose like yeah i see them in the park when i go walking so i'm like don't you have birds where they're from like I guess not. Not pigeons. I lived in Albuquerque for three years and there were pigeons everywhere. But coming back to central Washington, there's like hardly any. No. I just assume they're everywhere. (laughs) We have rats of the I going to say the rats of the sea. The rats of the sky. (laughs) (laughs) The rats of the sky. I think that concludes our discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting to cry. Yeah, <laughs> just thinking about all the sad moments in the book, I was expecting to start crying again. <laughs> well, look at you not crying. <laughs> round of applause. <laughs> okay, that's all for today's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Non Book Club, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Bye, you guys. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay bitchy.